Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. Support comes from FoodWorks Natural Market, your local full-service organic and natural food store, offering health and wellness programs and a variety of vegan and vegetarian selections. Located in Guilford, Old Saybrook, and Cheshire, information at food-works.org. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Jane Grigson who said, In my experience, clever food is not appreciated at Christmas. It makes the little ones cry and the old ones nervous. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in small bites or eat the whole thing. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry. Here's what we have. What a show this is. I can't wait to talk about these things. We've got a Christmas Hanukkah margarita. We have a punch margarita for the holidays. We have the most amazing chef, Anna Sortoon, who is in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and has these bakeries. She is a rock star, this woman. These Middle Eastern ingredients in her food. So if you want to throw an international twist in things, we all say to each other when we taste her food, whether it's salads or desserts or savory, unbelievable stuff. And all kinds. We're going to talk about baking for the holidays. We're going to talk about things to make. I just can't wait to do this with you. My treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributors, Chris Brosberry of Simsbury, Alex Province of Hartford, and our bartender on the show, Anthony Desario. Hey, everybody. Hey. Cannot wait. <laughs> In right. unison. Wait a minute. We're not done. Robin Doyon Aiken is our senior producer and also a participant on the show. Driving hey, the Robin. Bus. Driving the bus. Driving the bus in the background. Okay, here we go. You know, it's just too much fun to pass by this margarita thing. So we've got two ways to do this for a crowd as a punch or pitcher drink. And we're going to tell you how to do that punch in the most attractive way so people will be dazzled when they see it. Let's start with the individual cocktails. Alex Province has brought these. This is on our website, foodschmooze.org, along with all the recipes we're talking about on the show. Alex, you've got a margarita done with red salt, with green salt, (laughs) and with blue salt for Hanukkah. And it's just wonderful. So, Uh uh, okay, tell us how you did it. It couldn't be easier. So I took kosher salt, and I added a few drops of food-safe food coloring, and then uh, Where'd you get the food safe food coloring? At the grocery store. It's in the spice aisle. Is it I think a paste it's like a, or a liquid. They're liquid, liquid little, you know, they come drop. in four colors. Yep. And, and you I, mixed the salt mm-hmm. in there with poured, a couple Poured the salt into a bowl, added three or four drops, just mixed it together. It dissolves really quickly. And then I poured it into a Ziploc bag and did, Anthony, as you call it, the, uh, the shake, shake and, and bake. bake yeah. you know? <laughs> and it's so easy. So it costs, you know, like maybe 25 cents to make these colors. And you Festive. can add as yeah, much or as little as you want. I ended up making them more vibrant so that they stand up on the glass. So what you've done is a blood orange 
margarita, it has an alcohol in it that we love and we have just discovered on the show from a maker so beautiful. If you like Campari, this is St. George. And these people do these kind of handcrafted Campari-like bitter Mm -hmm. alcohols, aperitifs. And this is in the most gorgeously designed bottle. Mm. It's called Bruto Americano. You will start to see this in bars everywhere. We love this stuff. The taste of it is astonishing. You know, it's like a million herbal things in there that they want. A little soda before dinner with that. Oh, phenomenal. Bruto Americano. It's it's like Campari on steroids. And it's American. Yeah, and it's American. (laughs) It's California. And this company, I love what they do. Every time they come out with something, it is unlike anything else. Okay. So go ahead. So blood oranges are just coming out. So we were thinking, let's let's somehow incorporate blood orange, and then bitters and oranges go well together. Like that bitter orange flavor is mm. just a great combo. And thinking uh, it's a margarita, so let's use tequila. <laughs> and mm. I, I used you know a silver tequila, but you can use whatever one you have at home that you like. And finding blood oranges, they're just coming into season now. So now's the time to go and grab them. You know they're beautiful. So we used um, the Americano for a bitter component. We used Salerno, which is this beautiful blood orange liqueur yep. that's from Italy. And it's yes. um, the Sanguinillo So you, know, you blood used oranges. two of those. Mm. The, uh, the Salerno is a little sweet, right? Yeah, so the it, Salerno is like a blood orange triple sec or a blood orange Cointreau. So it replaced the simple syrup in a, yes. in a margarita. Whoa. So in a shaker filled with ice, we added uh, a fresh lime that we squeezed in this case, we used uh, Christmas oranges, which is a Satsumo uh, mandarin. You know, I just thought those, it was... Those it, aren't always around, so no, you could use... No, they're like blood them. oranges. Use yeah. that or Christmas oranges, but they're the ones with the pretty leaves on them that can still find piled up at the grocery store. So those all go into a shaker, shake, shake, shake. And I throw in the uh, the lime as well, the, the used up peel into the shaker as well, and it just gives it more flavor. And then I just rim the glass with a little lime juice. So I oh, take, I, ta- juice. I take okay. the lime and I just, the shell of it, and I just rimmed it. And then I roll it in the colorful salt. So I did the green one, the red, and those go great d- together. And then you pour it in your... And then carefully pour in. And I love these like old Mexican glasses with the air bubbles in them. And it just looks so yeah, rustic. They look like that recycled handcrafted they are. glass. Mm-hmm. Yep, they are. Let me tell you something. Anthony, would you back me up on this? If there's something you don't happen to have... Then just think about it. Yeah, Say, look, it. I don't have this or that, but I've got an orange in my yeah, refrigerator. Yeah, yeah, fresh squeezed orange, sure. Yeah, I don't have the, the Salerno, but I have the Bruto Americano or vice versa. Okay, maybe it won't be as complex and absolutely gorgeous <laughs> as this is, but it'll be quite good. Don't stress. No, no, never stress. There's no wrong way to make a cocktail as long as it tastes good in the end. It's about the balance. So if you make one, put a little bit in the glass first, taste it, and if it's not to your liking and you need a little more sweet or a little more alcohol, yep. a little more bitter, then you can just keep adjusting it, like almost like the mad scientist exactly. over the shaker, and then you just shake it up again and, and pour it in the glass. that's what we did in our little... <laughs> studio where we're cooking and trying things that's what we did we were tasting these Mm -hmm. and said what about this what about that these guys are so terrific at their cocktail making alex and anthony desario i think these are winners if you go to our website foodschmooze.org these are blood orange margaritas 
for Christmas and Hanukkah. You'll see one with blue salt for Hanukkah. <laughs> uh-huh. You'll see one with red and green mm-hmm. salt for Christmas. And they are absolutely delicious. You know, Faith, I was just thinking, if you're going to make these for a Christmas party or holiday party, I would cut back on the tequila maybe and just use more fruit juice. It's better, I think, to make them slightly weaker than too strong. Depends on the party. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm just, I I think this way you can have one or two and not feel it as much. Because often people are, I I agree with this philosophy, you're sitting down to dinner. For people who don't have alcohol, they're not going to have any alcohol. And I would encourage you to try to do an equivalent without alcohol, using yep. juices yeah. that replicate what we're talking about. You know, we don't care whether it's, there's alcohol or not on your table in the end. We happen to all on this show sure. drink alcohol. If you don't, there's a way to combine juices and herbs, sparkling water in a way that makes a lovely festive drink. So I'm a fan of the lighter alcohol yep, before so. the meal because in my home, people are going to be having wines sure. mm-hmm. or sparkling yes. wines with the meal. So we don't want to overload people. But whatever you think, just do what you would like to do. Yep. Anyway, well, Alex Province, fantastic job you. on these and, cocktails. And like we did talk about a little earlier, too, you know, ice is nice. Ice can be your friend, too. If you want to do a low ABV cocktail, add a little more ice to your drink so it does water down as your guests are sipping it. ABV meaning alcohol, alcohol by, by volume. volume. Yep. So, Anthony, we've talked about this a lot on the show, that the ice is your friend. I oh, like yes. that you say that. Let it water down. So whatever you want to do, you could always add a little splash of sparkling water in this. That's what I like to do. To yeah. kind of sure. lower the alcohol. It's almost like a, a spritz. spritz. Yeah. Okay. And I want to tell you that as we open the next segment in just a little while, we want to go to Anthony Desario, our chief cocktail maker, because he's going to tell you how to do a punch for the holidays. And this is a Negroni Margarita with a block of ice that has gorgeous things frozen in it. Imagine people coming in. So I love the style on today's show. You guys did an absolutely great job. Thank you. So we'll get to that in just a second. Okay, as the holiday comes and people are people are going to parties, what's your strategy for eating at these parties? I try and taste a little bit of <laughs> I try and taste a little tiny bit of everything without going crazy and then start focusing on, on the meeting people at the thing. What, what, do you have a strategy? Yeah. Eat salad all week? <laughs> no, I, I'll eat a little bit before I go. I was going to say the same thing. Oh. I eat a little bit before yep. I go. Not a huge meal, but just a, you know, eat something before you go. That way when you get to the party and the first thing you yeah. do is get a drink, yeah. right? And that activates, you get hungry, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you want to eat, eat, eat. So I eat a little bit before I go, then there's something in my stomach. You get to the party, they hand you a cocktail like this you already have something in your stomach right so you're not gonna at least for me i'm not gonna overeat and then you just sort of pick and the alcohol is not going to have the same effect because you've got something in your stomach yeah you're not drinking in an empty stomach in england they call this a soaker yep (laughs) (laughs) there you go you go out to eat before you go on on Uh, uh, the drink but there's so many many good foods at these parties though that you only get to eat one i i you know i hate the sensation of getting in your car driving home and being like why didn't i eat that i I go to parties hungry i go hungry. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, can, really. 
<laughs> She's like, I'm eating for the week. Yes, that host has gone through a lot yes, of effort, yes. and yes, I want to yes, make yes. sure that I can tell her or him that uh, what they made was delicious and that I loved it and that uh-huh. the effort was really worth it. <laughs> okay, yes. so, all right, so the saint among us. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like to eat. <laughs> and she's very thin. I don't know how she yeah. does it. Okay, so... Um, Depending on what your strategy is, you can either eat before the party or not and use the party as dinner, as many people do. Uh Where has the cocktail party gone? By the way, my house. Yeah, yeah it's all at Alex's they're, they're house, at probably. House. I I love the cocktail party. Yeah. I don't know where that yeah, went. I like dressed up though. Time. People dressed think up in it's nice clothes. Well, I don't care. You know, people can do whatever they want. I, I guess. I love you the know, fancy ones. Yeah. yeah, most places I go when I'm invited, it's wine, right? I don't very rarely yes. am I ever well, offered a cocktail. Yeah, so simplicity. I'm doing that loosely. I, what yeah. I mean is what happened to people just coming over for drinks oh, and, and, and little nauseous. Little yeah. nauseous. Wow. It used to be, it, it's like everybody's parents 70s. and grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's a fantastic So what would you say, way. come over at 7 and for a cocktail and people leave at 8? No, so usually cocktail will be on uh, a, a weekend and okay. it would would be more five o'clock. Okay. Oh, so before yeah, dinner. Alex, what you're talking about is happy hour. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh. Half <laughs> you should know that, Alex. It's so, week- weekend happy hour at your friend's house. Well, <laughs> you know, five o'clock. So before dinner. Come over. Yes, and then people probably have, have left your house by seven o'clock, and they're either going home or going out for dinner, and that's how it goes. Oh, I you love You know, it. it's really the most lovely thing. Uh, well, I've done similar where, but I've it, the party doesn't end. Like you meet at a friend's house that you're going to dinner with. Yes. And you have a cocktail before you go or you have a glass of wine with them and, and some little bites before you actually go out to dinner. Yeah, that's Instead economical. of meeting at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Instead of meeting at the restaurant, you meet at a friend's house, you have a glass of wine or a, an aperitif, you have a couple little bites, and then you go and The younger the generation is uh, dubbed that pre-gaming. Pre-gaming. <laughs> I like that. Uh, pre-gaming. Yeah. I like okay. the pre-games. We're going to pre-game at Alex's house before we go out on th- uh, down at, like, downtown oh, New Haven or something like that's that. That's a great mm-hmm. phrase. So we used to call that the progressive dinner party oh, sure. because it really is moving from one person's house to the next I for every that. single course. Yeah. And it sort of sounds fun, but it's pretty nutty. On the other hand, you get to move in between courses, and that's really great for your body. But you have to all be neighbors, all right? So you can get to their oh, you house. Can no, too. you can drive over to oh, somebody's you can drive. house, park oh, okay. your car, and then it begins. Mm-hmm. But in terms mm. of... Yes, walking from house to house, that's much better. Oh, I love that. Yeah, really, really fun. Yeah, if you look at a lot of those old 70 houses, especially uh, in like my neighborhood where I grew up, a lot of them have old bars in the basement. Yeah. They have the in-home, like, full, you know, four or five-seat bar with everything in there because that was part of the culture back then is mm-hmm. you had those cocktail parties, and you built a room just for that. One of the houses I grew up in was in the greater Hartford region, and this was a ranch house. And in the basement, we had exactly yep. what you were describing, Anthony. There was a bar, the full basement, and my sister's husband at the time was a jazz musician, worked in an oh, insurance wow. company by day, and at night he was a xylophone player. And cool. so the other musicians <laughs> wow. would come over, and they would practice. Set there would be cocktails too. at the bar, and then they would they had these electric yeah. cigarettes oh my God. that would oh, yeah. glow in the dark. 
the butt end, you know, of the cigarette yeah. would glow in the dark, and it would be part of their act oh. to put these cigarettes in. I will never forget this. Well, it was that so amazing. It was Rat Pack. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just unbelievable. Okay, so we're coming up. We're going to talk about Anthony DeSerio's Holiday Punch, whether it's Christmas or Hanukkah. This beautiful punch with this ice block that you make in a loaf pan in your freezer and you load it with slices of things and it looks so gorgeous. You don't have to stand there individually make cocktails. You do the ladle and you put it in people's glasses. And this is a Negroni margarita. It Mm -hmm. is, just like Alex's, it is absolutely delicious. So proud on this show to have these. And we're going to talk about more holiday things. We want to tell you that we are soon to have our recipes up for the holidays. We've made, these are Fuchmu's originals, and they involve beef tenderloin and Provence. Oh, puff pastry. And puff pastry that you get in the supermarket. They are absolutely (laughs) phenomenal. I'm so excited about them this year. So our website holds everything, foodschmooze.org. And of course, you know, in our third segment, we've got Anna Sortoon, a Middle Eastern specialist, a rock star in greater Boston and around the country, has won so many awards for her restaurants and bakeries. And we've got Middle Eastern flavors to give you an international spin on what you do. More mouth-watering conversation and fun head on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope, I really do hope, you'll make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Bean. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. I'll be ready. Uh-huh. I'm Faith Middleton. You can get a podcast of the show, meaning we send the show to you so it appears in your inbox and you just click on it and you can listen whenever you want. It's the way that so many people are listening now. So you can listen on your schedule if you don't happen to be in the car when the show is airing on WNPR. All you do is sign up for it once on our site and that's it. We take care of it from there. Go to foodschmooze.org and you'll notice when you're there that you can discover our delicious curated food, wine, cocktail recommendations, our events. We love talking with you, so we hope you'll stop by often and say hi. We are always online at foodschmooze.org. And we're on Facebook talking with you. I know I'm talking with you. And that's Faith Middleton Food Schmooze on Facebook. I'm with, of course, my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province of Hartford, our chief cocktail guy, Anthony DeSario. He's behind the bar at the moment at <laughs> Carson's on Whitfield in Guilford. Cocktails this evening. Right. <laughs> hey, you know, we have these volunteer associate producers 
who are in charge of getting the recipes to you when you go online for them, Paula Pierce and Jason Black. We thank them so much. So much of public broadcasting works with the help of our volunteers. So we thank the two of them. You're going to later hear from a rock star in the food world, Anna Sortoon, who has got restaurants and bakeries in Boston, has won the James Beard Award. She's amazing. We'll get to that. Right now, we want to go to Anthony DeSerio, our cocktail guy, because he has made a margarita Negroni punch. If you're having a crowd for the holidays, we're going to tell you how to do it for Hanukkah or Christmas. We've got a little twist with the decorating to make it suit the holiday that you're hosting. Anthony, first of all, I'm going to have a sip because it's so good. Go ahead. I had a few sips myself. What I did is I combined a uh, margarita and Negroni together, taking the lime juice out and adding the grapefruit in. Why do you think they go together? Grapefruit and tequila go fantastic together. Yeah. As that's one of my favorite cocktails Me alone. Too. It's called the Paloma. Yep. So we've basically taken a Paloma and we've added the beautiful St. George Bruto liqueur to it. Okay. Uh, so your guests are arriving. It's great for the holidays, whether it's Hanukkah, whether it's Christmas Eve, whether it's Christmas Day. And you want to make New something Year's. easy at New Year's Eve, too. You have so much going oh, on. You're baking, so you're hosting delicious. a party. There's so much mm. going on. So... Just get your big punch bowl, make a great big punch for everybody all at once. So when your guests arrive, they just ladle it out into their glasses and it's good to go. So visually something impactful. simple. Let's, let's visually say impactful. What, so, what do you hear what he does so, with this? Ice? So we took a Patron Reposado tequila. Uh, you can use any Reposado tequila or any tequila you like. I always recommend 100% Blue Weber Agave tequila. Yeah, for sure. We did some agave syrup, St. George Bruto liqueur, a pomegranate liqueur, fresh grapefruit juice, and top it off before your guests arrive with either an inexpensive Prosecco or Cava. To keep it nice. Cava is going to be less expensive. Less expensive. That's the Spanish version of Prosecco. I adore it. Yes. It's going to be usually either the equivalent or quite a bit less because you could use, say, a brand like Segura Viudas, sure. which is about 8 or $9 a bottle. Yeah, just adds a little effervescence to it. It makes it a little sparkling. Uh, if You could also add just like some sparkling water to it if you want to just kind of bring it down. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. People always ask me, how do I keep my punch cold? Some people add ice cubes, and the ice cubes start diluting the water, yeah, diluting it down, and it doesn't last. Halfway yeah. through the party, you've got to, like, get your ice bag yeah. and dump and, it back and in the, there. And the more you add as the night goes on, you're watering your punch down, yeah. and it's Maybe not a bad you're, thing. You're, you're not a bad thing <laughs> as the so night goes on, but it's also, like we said, <laughs> Change you know, the ice is your friend. It can be it a can style be. object, right? Yeah. I love the way you treat this. So, what, a loaf pan? Yeah, it's just like a regular, like, bread loaf pan or, like, you know, like your meatloaf pan, or you mm-hmm. could even use just the punch bowl you're going to be using and just fill like maybe the half of it with water. But take a loaf pan, fill it halfway with water, and then fill it with some seasonal, what looks seasonal ingredients. You could use mint and pomegranate seeds. I used craisins. For Hanukkah, what I think would be lovely is chopped mint and slices slices of clementines. Sure. You know, I think that would be just yeah, beautiful. Yeah, maybe a couple of blueberries and in there. A few blueberries Are, for the blue yeah. of Hanukkah. Throw it in the water. Yeah, in throw the that loaf in the water pan. into the loaf pan and then freeze it overnight. And Anthony, then when, were you using like boiled water to make it clear? That actually does make work much better, yes. And it also oh, will freeze faster too. Hot, hot water will freeze faster as well. Wow, didn't yeah. know. Oh. Freeze it overnight and then when you take it out, you assemble your punch in the bowl and then you just turn the loaf pan over and add a little hot water to the back of the pan so it releases and you have this nice, 
big block of ice Gorgeous. that has all of these festive colors in it. The reason we like bigger ice cubes now in our drinks, especially a thing like scotch, where oh, it's yes. a golf yeah. ball ice cube. Golf balls. Or, or softball. Two-inch ice cubes. Yeah. Besides just looking great, these larger cubes don't melt as fast, and so they cool things down without watering them exactly. down too much. So exactly. what Anthony's got going here is a huge block of ice, That's and it's gorgeous. Okay. I like that. You could yep. put flowers in this thing. Edible flowers. You know, yeah. you could put orchids. Oh, that you could would be put, great. Yeah. Anything you like, and all year round too. Any theme that you're having, you know, if you're having like a bridal shower or something, there's a specific flower. Throw those in and freeze them. Big as long ice as they're block edible. Edibles are edible. Make sure they're not yeah. poisonous. Yes. But okay. That's a great idea. So the ingredients for this margarita Negroni. You'll hear us talking about Bruto Americano. Yes. It yeah. is made in California in a handcrafted artisanal way. So gorgeous in drinks with soda water. Yeah. Got, Buy just for that. As the alternate. <laughs> cut, or little Cava. Little Prosecco. Little oh, yeah. uh, Bruto Americano. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. make almost oh. uh, Aperol spritz. People but walk a lot in the bolder. door. You have a tray of them. You know, yes. And I'm telling you, put this bottle out. And people won't Because know, the label right? is dazzling. Bars are going to have this everywhere. Yes. Yeah. It's just, we tell you all about this at our website. How to make this Negroni Margarita, yep. which is a gorgeous Anthony, yeah, yeah. gorgeous Great introductory combination. cocktail. Gets yeah. everybody nice and hungry. It's a the punch. Bruto gets you nice and dry. So it's it gets a you punch. salivating. And if it's cocktails only and hors d'oeuvres, and this is perfect for that too. Yeah, I like the... Really nice. Okay, here we go. Let's do some homemade gifts for the holidays. Love I've it. got one about how to make your own homemade vanilla, just using vodka and vanilla beans. Wow. Chris, you guys at the restaurant, you folks, I should yeah. say, have decided to all make holiday mm-hmm. gifts. So, what are you making? Uh, Brian, my chef, is making his own hot sauce. He started oh, actually good. this summer by getting hot peppers from the farm and grilling them and peeling them oh. and putting them in vinegar. Wow. We have uh, five, six gallons of it been sitting in the fridge since this summer and now he's testing the recipe and he's got it perfected where he purees it and makes an amazing hot sauce love that last year hannah one of my girls did beef jerky Oh, and she did four she different did? flavors. Took her a while to get it. She did some experimenting, and we have a huge dehydrator thing. And she oh, made the most oh, okay. amazing for us beef jerky. We don't have Little dehydrators. Lip, no, it, it, you could Use do it in the oven. oven. Yeah. yeah, Use the oven on the lowest temperature. Sure. Low-fat meat. Right? Yeah, and oh, my gosh. Her beef jerky marinade. She did a teriyaki. Seriously? She did a sweet I would love uh, that pepper. as a gift. That was really good. Okay. I made uh, sauerkraut. And I made a special one for Christmas oh. presents. I made a sauerkraut, and in the batch of sauerkraut, I layered scotch bonnet peppers. And this sauerkraut came out so amazing. I'm bummed I didn't make, like, 10 gallons of it because it's not so hot you can't eat it. It's almost fruity from the flavor oh, of the scotch bonnet peppers really? oh. with just a mm. nice amount of heat. How about salted caramel? Oh, oh yeah. that's good. Putting oh, that. Ooh. All right. So, yeah. so I have all, so all these things for jars like vinegars, herb oils. Um, I can buy a case of lemons. It's easy. Slice right? them thin, and I can make people preserve and lemons, and they're always hard to find in the yeah. store. You want organic uh, lemons? Yeah, I did. I bought a case of organic lemons, and I sliced them thin, and I have them all set to go. Goes in where, olive oil. Where do ordinary no just people, salt? Oh. <laughs> where do ordinary people get a case of organic lemons? I don't know where you'd get a case. I guess you'd go to like Whole Foods and ask them if you can buy a case, and that's just salted lemon. about the Hartford Market yeah, sure in the could. early morning? Could yeah. you go get a totally. case of lemons? Totally. Absolutely. You and then on a mandolin, a you slice them nice and thin. You layer them with a little salt, and then you press them down. You put a lid on them. You throw them in the fridge. For, and this is the thing. It takes a few days or a week in there to actually, yeah. you know. You're and, buying jars and stuff? See, this is where I need your help. 
because yes. we've got all these things. Brian did a great job finding a jar for the hot sauce, and we've done some mason jars. So how do we take an ordinary mason jar or a jar we buy mm -hmm. online and mm -hmm. make it like festive? Alex, got brick nothing. and ribbon. Really? Is that okay? So tell <laughs> us what we do. Burlap and ribbons, burlap and you know and linens, yeah. and uh, just checkered, anything rustic. Checkered tablecloth yeah, table yeah, for these peppers would be great. But I mean, just go to a fabric store, buy yeah. a whole bunch of scraps. You don't even need a lot. Some scissors yeah, and yeah. Uh, cool ribbons and tie stuff up. And, and I, I think the I like label that. is yeah. really so much fun. We easily yes. done on a computer. Yeah. Yeah. Brian know, made a, a fun a label gift for his from hot sauce. Or yeah. some kind of what do you fun call it? He, called, slogan. He, he called it Colin because his name is Cole. <laughs> 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 Colin Hot Sauce because it is really hot. But his buddies that he's making it for really love spicy, spicy yeah. hot sauce. Look, if you feel like the things we're talking about, we don't have enough time to age it as long as you know it says on yeah. the recipe, you can easily put it on your label on your computer sure. you know this will be ready on january sure. uh, whatever wow, that's a great i've idea. certainly gotten that from people yeah. who've made homemade wine start early too. do things like the caramel it's the easiest thing and i even use your trick which i learned from you i don't even know how many years ago now <laughs> and all you do is take a can of that milk condensed milk, condensed milk, milk yeah. you throw it in a pot of water and you cook it sweet and condensed you milk? don't yes. open it you don't open it don't you open don't it. put a hole in it you no, don't do you anything just and, take it and put it in a pot they, of boiling But you water. don't do it like rolling boil, simmer. right? Because yeah, you just on a simmer. Simmer it. Just simmer it and... so, so here's the thing. You yeah. simmer it in water. I, this is not original to me. This is Dr. Bruce Anderson, my brother-in-law, <laughs> who is an Eagle Scout. When he would go on these scouting trips, this is what they would do yep. to make caramel. And we just stand there like little kids it's in amazement. It's the best caramel ever, right? A can of condensed milk. Mm -hmm. You don't touch the can. You put it in the water and you simmer it. Yep. And then it turns inside the can to caramel. You just take it out carefully mm -hmm. because it's very hot. Let it cool and then open it with a can opener and there is caramel inside. Yeah. And then we poured it into these That cute sounds like magic. We it's poured delicious. it into these amazing. cute mason jars. And then for you, you'd love this, mixed in sea salt. Ooh. Oh, right, and then there we, you go. And now I've got this like fabric thing I'm going to try. I need your help. And everyone will get a little jar for Christmas. Yeah. So here's what I'm so thinking. Easy to make. Think what you could do with that caramel. I could toast walnuts and stir those in. Sure. I could get chocolate chips and I could stir them into the caramel. There is so many things. I could get anything that crunches that I like and stir it into the caramel. And I have one more for my baker friends, which I have a lot. Not fudge. You know, I don't fudge, no, no, I No, because I don't bake. So this is the best thing to give to bakers. And that is, so you take vanilla beans. They're a little expensive, but they'll go a long way in this method. And all you do is split them in half. Right, and take them, take a five pound bag of sugar mm -hmm. and put four yeah. vanilla beans in the bag, seal it back up, put it back in your cabinet or whatever. And right before Christmas or Hanukkah, you'll have vanilla sugar. Yeah. Package it up and give everyone a little vanilla sugar. Yeah. And both of those I would reduce yeah. down the caramel and the vanilla sugar, reduce that down with some hot water into a simple syrup, and you've got a great addition to like a nice eggnog or a rum Ooh, cocktail <gasps> or something. Mm -hmm. my, 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 my holiday Might as well thing make is, the eggnog or coquito yes, that's in what Puerto I do. Rican culture. Exactly. That's exactly what I do wow. is mason jar uh, coquitos and uh, oh. my eggnogs. Am I on that list? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my um, how to make vanilla, homemade okay. vanilla. It is so simple. Just Google this. Don't worry homemade about it. Vanilla. It is take fresh vanilla yeah. beans. They're yeah. a little expensive, yeah. but one goes a long way. You split yes. it lengthwise. Then you take a knife and you scrape out the guts of that little mm. split thing. Little seeds. And you mix it with vodka. 
doesn't yeah, even have God. to be expensive vodka. And you Mix make your it own vanilla vodka. extract. That's it. You put the vanilla into the vodka. You heat it up yep. on the stove, yep. which takes the alcohol content out, yep. store it in jars, yep. and there you go. You I have you a, that's a great rum. present, too. But you could use rum You in could, that. but in you case could. people you're dealing yeah. with don't have alcohol yeah. or it's for kids don't or whatever, so, that's how you do it. And don't you it's feel so great simple. when you get a gift like that? If you gave me that oh, homemade vanilla, adorable. I would cherish it, and every time I used it, I would think of it. Yeah. And it's yeah. good. Yeah. It's, right. I've got no chemicals. It's absolutely delicious. Yeah. Or you can bake a million things, oh, of gosh, course, and I, sure. we love to get those gifts. Yeah. And I'm seeing the new thing this year is the electronic ice cubes. They glow oh, when yes. they're in the glass. Yep. They're not electric, <laughs> yep. but yeah. there's something battery. inside. Yeah, it's like a little LED inside. You can find them. They blink all different colors. And <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't just... want plastic in my drinks, but no. some people do. Yeah. <laughs> Party in glass. Want, uh, some people glass. want plastic. <laughs> <laughs> but these are all great little ideas yeah. for gifts that don't cost a lot of money. Money. And I think that mean more than you know you what know, though. If you go to gifts. if you go to a holiday party and you bring a host or hostess present and you make one of these things, write your name on it so yeah. that you know where it came from. Mm-hmm. Next day, Matt and I always have all this stuff after a Christmas mm-hmm. party. Don't know where the where yeah. who made it. Oh, you so are that's where so this right. Labeling yeah. thing. Yeah, comes in. So yeah. Anyway. label it with your name. Okay, um, we love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers for on-demand podcast delivery, meaning this show delivered to you, so you can listen on your schedule and all of our hot topics, our short, fun streaming videos, our online stuff right now at foodschmooze.org. More delicious conversation on a Sortoon is next after a quick break. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store. This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island. Of course, that means the Hamptons. The senior producer is Robin Doyon Aiken. To hear this show on WNPRR station, it airs Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon podcast so you can listen anytime you want that means we send the show to you and our curated recommendations for all things recipes everything always online at foodschmooze.org at that site right now as we talk to this author we love we have recipes from the book up there if you want a kind of international spin on your holiday treats with just one ingredient usually in each case you can go to a middle eastern market and find these things you can go online and find things such as pomegranate molasses it is the thing to have in your refrigerator i swear to you you will not be sorry Uh, sumac i put it on everything it's practically on my toothbrush this is like so um of course you can talk with us on facebook too faith middleton food schmooze I am with, as you know, Alex Province, Chris Brusberry, and Anthony Desario. 
Let me tell you about our guest. She's a rock star. I mean, she's gotten a James Beard Award as top chef in the Northeast. She is something because she does a kind of fusion where she takes the flavors she knows from the Middle East, particularly Turkey, and she puts them into ingredients that we all know. Chris, what do you have oh to say? Oh, my God. I'm just sitting here. I'm just wanting to say more and more because uh-huh. by far she's my favorite chef in the Northeast. I don't eat anywhere else. <laughs> I don't even look at what restaurants are in Boston in that area anymore because I have your number on speed dial on my phone <laughs> so, because that's how often I eat there because it's just so amazing. Anna Sortun, wow. welcome to the Food Schmooze Party. <laughs> oh my goodness, thank you so much for that introduction and I'm really happy to be on the show. I'm so excited so, and I can feel your enthusiasm. I'm so grateful. As you will see on our site where we have information about this cookbook, it is called Soframis. S-O-F-R-A-M-I-Z, Soframis. This is a cookbook about vibrant Middle Eastern recipes from Sofra Bakery and Cafe. A quick word, you're going to have to endure this, Anna. So here's Anna born in Seattle, then goes to La Varenne in Paris and opens a restaurant in Concord, Massachusetts in the 90s, goes to a couple more restaurants in Harvard Square, and then it really begins because she opens Oleana, which is the restaurant that a lot of food people, including me, you know, you just go make a beeline. on earth. (laughs) They make a beeline. People in the food world have called her a culinary genius. She did this book called Spice and then teams up with her business partner, the executive pastry chef, Maura Kilpatrick. They opened this Sofra Bakery and Cafe in Cambridge. And these are foods and baked goods that are influenced by Turkey and Lebanon and Greece and the flavors of those places. So this stuff like pomegranate molasses, sumac, one little thing added to your eggs or your baked goods will send it into the stratosphere. This is what I would call the international chef secrets. We can do this at home too. She goes to Turkey all the time with Old Ways Preservation Trust, an organization I adore because they're interested in preserving things the way they used to be done. Okay, Anna. (laughs) That's enough bragging. That was quite an introduction. (laughs) We absolutely love you. I know. Okay, so here we go. This is something. Do you like hummus? Because we're about to tell you about a hummus that you can make Mm. that is staggeringly good. It is called walnut hummus with pomegranate and cilantro. These are eye-popping Middle Eastern flavors. There's something when we on the show have these flavors in combination, we just go crazy. Such a dance on the tongue. Anna, tell us about how you make this hummus. There's many different kinds of hummus, right? I think the one that we're most familiar with is the one in the grocery store that is whipped with tahini, lemon, Mm -hmm. olive oil, and cumin. But the word hummus in Arabic means chickpeas. So as long as the chickpeas are the focal point of the plate, it can be hummus. And their hummuses are made with tahini, without tahini, served warm, served room temperature, served cold. There's so many different varieties, and there's even hummus that isn't pureed. So it can just be chickpeas that are coated in a tahini sauce, and that also is called hummus. It kind of opens up a, a world of experiencing hummus in a different way. In this one, you are calling on us to take dried chickpeas and soak them overnight in water. Is it okay to use your recipe using canned but rinsed chickpeas? Yes, definitely. 
the only drawback to that is that you're going to have a little more sodium than you would have if you were cooking them from scratch. But it will work. The trick to a really creamy hummus is pureeing the chickpeas dry first. So in other words, you don't add the lemon and olive oil and everything right away. You puree them dry until they're really finely chopped and almost completely crumbled or crushed. Like a cookie dough? It becomes like a cookie dough when you then start adding a little bit of liquid to it, and it starts to sort of spin around the blade on your food processor Mm -hmm. and forms like a ball of something that looks like chocolate chip cookie dough without (laughs) the chocolate chip. So what you're adding here is the cumin and the lemon juice a little bit of a liquid if you're soaking the chickpeas, then a little tahini. And what is tahini for people who don't know? Tahini is just a puree of sesame seeds. So it's like a a nut butter would be, but it's made with sesame seeds instead of nuts. And then you put in oil. It starts to be the consistent, it starts to get creamy, in other words, like mayonnaise. Exactly. You can always adjust Mm. the creaminess by adding a little bit more of the chickpea water or just plain water if you're using canned chickpeas. You want it sort of silky smooth and Mm. light, something that's not too heavy because it's all about the creaminess. You want the contrast between the creamy chickpeas and the crunchy walnuts. Imagine this. Walnuts go on a baking sheet, right? Because they're going to go in the oven. But you're going to melt some butter in a small saucepan. And then what do you do with that butter? You pour it over the walnuts. You toss them and they're just bathed in butter and you're going to roast them in the oven until they're toasted. And then you sprinkle them with pepper and some salt So here's one of the secret ingredients. This is called maras. Yeah, maras pepper is also known as Aleppo pepper. So this is a mild red oily chili that comes from the southeast of Turkey or Aleppo, Syria. It came to our country, became known as Aleppo, Mm -hmm. but it's actually not coming from Aleppo anymore. No, not for a while. Yeah, so there's a a region in Turkey called Marash where this similar pepper grows, and it's used in the same context. So if you were to take your dried red chili flakes that you have that you often see in a pizza restaurant in a shaker that you shake over a cheese pizza, if you were to remove those from your life and add Marash pepper instead to those shakers and just sprinkle it onto everything, um, it's life-changing. It's uh, it's definitely a really sweet vegetal Mm, flavor with a little bit of heat. Really? That's what should be on our pizza restaurant table? (laughs) That doesn't have the burn. It doesn't have the burn, Burn Chris? What's what's the heat level on something like that? Yeah. Yeah, It still has heat and it sort of lifts flavor. Like, you know, we often use it in place of black pepper because it does a similar thing where we don't use it necessarily Mm. for the heat, but we use it to lift. You're going to put pomegranate seeds into this dish. So how do you open a pomegranate? Easiest way. So I split it in half. Horizontally or? Horizontally, yeah. Like at the equator. Exactly, at the equator. Perfect. And (laughs) then I hold it in my hand upside down, cut side on my hand, over a bowl, and I take a really heavy wooden spoon, and I just beat the pomegranate, and the seeds fall into my hand, and then I can then drop them into the bowl. Mm. And you get no piss. All wow. the seeds just eventually mm. empty out of the pomegranate. Ah. And then you don't need to worry about soaking it, or you know, a lot of people put it in water to get membranes off, or they quarter it and try to pull all the seeds out. It's wow. so much easier to just tap them out with a wooden spoon, and it only takes a minute to empty a half a pomegranate. Oh, they do stain well, just, though. Just right? changed my life right there. Great, <laughs> correct. They do stain if they get on your 
white pants or whatever. So imagine this bowl of this gorgeous hummus. You could add a couple of whole walnuts on the top that are toasted, and they spread up these pomegranate seeds, the cilantro leaves. What a holiday appetizer wow. this is. It's really lovely when the walnuts are warm, and the walnuts can almost be used as yeah. something to scoop the hummus, too, instead of bread or oh, wow. along oh, with yeah. bread. Okay, and also no double dipping with walnuts. Okay, so, <laughs> so we have um, a woman we love, Anna Sortoon. She and Maura Kilpatrick have done this cookbook called Sofra Mise. And Sofra is the name of their bakery restaurant in the Boston area in Cambridge. And so we are talking about recipes in her book, how to use these Middle Eastern ingredients, which you can get online, you can get in the Middle Eastern market, which we have certainly all over our region. But you can also go to a place like Kalustian's online and get them. You can probably go to Amazon. And by the way, we have that hummus recipe at our website, foodschmooze.org. Chris, you made for us the recipe for green apple fatouche. That is a fancy way of saying a green apple salad. It was mm. knockout delicious. Yes. Probably so one of fresh. my favorite salad dressings because Ever. I mixed those three <laughs> things together and I, I had everyone in my kitchen go, this is why this is my favorite restaurant. It's everyone come here and taste this dressing. What were the it's three only things? three ingredients and it is mind-blowingly good. So the three ingredients are... Uh, pomegranate molasses, lemon juice, and olive oil. This wow. is why you have to have a bottle of pomegranate molasses in your refrigerator. But if you I'm telling to, you... If you're in you, Hartford, Cosmos is a little store on Farmington Avenue. You can get but, it there. But yeah. also yeah. online, a beautiful resource. Okay, green apple fatouche. Let me run through. We've got pita. We have extra virgin olive oil and salt and romaine lettuce and the pomegranate molasses, lemon juice, peppermint or spearmint leaves, parsley cucumber, green apple, radishes or turnips, depending on what you can get, black pepper, and sumac. One of my favorite spices. I use it on <laughs> everything imaginable. Yeah, you I will find it. It's too. in my yogurt. Yeah, it's yeah. in my eggs. It's, it's in everywhere. my yard. <laughs> it's in your yard. <laughs> okay. Anna, you put the pita squares in a mixing bowl and you coat them with olive oil and you're pressing the oil into them. Yeah, you want to knead the oil in a little. So in order to be crisp, they need to be really well coated, not dripping in oil, not soaked in oil, but just really well coated so, so that every little chip gets crisp instead of dry. So you massage hmm. the oil in a little bit. It takes a couple minutes with your fingers, and you toast them on a baking sheet. And if you're gluten-free, you can use a gluten-free bread to do exactly the same thing. Chris, what did you do to make yeah, the just, dressing? You take the pomegranate molasses, pour it into a little bowl, whisk in lemon juice, and then once you get that mixed together, drizzle in the olive oil slowly to make a kind of an emulsion thing, and then it becomes this beautiful dressing. I think the real kicker is the sumac, though. You're right. I think it's a really bright flavor, and it's a spice you can use with a heavy hand. So yeah. instead of using a, a quarter of a teaspoon like you might if you're using allspice or cloves, you use a whole teaspoon per person almost. And it's really lemony and tart and really bright, but it also has this sort of sun-dried quality to it, like a, mm. like a sun-dried lemon would. Traditionally, in the old days, they would use that spice, sumac, in place of lemon Mm -hmm. when lemons were out of season. And what really makes fatouche fatouche is the crispy pita and the sumac. That's a a real signature on that salad. Green apple fatouche, I think, great for any holiday, whether Mm. it is 
Hanukkah, whether it is Christmas, New Year's, whatever it might be, beautiful, bright, delicious. I can't resist talking about two things with you. We have this on the website, too. For people who are doing make-your-own holiday present, these sesame cashew bars, these are a cashew kind of crust on top of shortbread and gorgeous. (laughs) So on the crust, you've got, of course, flour and butter and brown sugar and salt. Got to have salt in there against the sweetness. And then the filling, salted cashews and sesame seeds, butter and sugar, light and brown and raw honey and heavy cream and vanilla extract. What a thing to make. That recipe is on our website, foodschmooze.org. But let me go because we're getting into that season. Anna, do you sell this at the restaurant, your tahini hot chocolate? Oh, yes, we do. (laughs) That gets the bell. Oh, my God. (laughs) Tahini hot chocolate. It's like at the BBC. Wheel in the cart. So this is an unusual thing to make milk chocolate chopped, combine it with bittersweet chocolate and whole milk and salt and sesame seeds, and then the secret ingredient, tahini, which is that sesame paste. How does that work against the chocolate? So tahini can be um, tricky because there is a bitterness to it and chocolate too. So by adding the milk chocolate sort of balances it out. But the tahini is almost, it's almost like drinking, you know, you imagine chocolate and peanut butter go together so well. Tahini and chocolate go together so well. Yeah, oh boy. If it's the right combination of bittersweet. Can I say, we do not have the restaurant, I mean the uh, recipe I'm about to talk about on the food site, but if you get the book, you will see it. Soframiz, S-O-F-R-A-M-I-Z. There's information about the cookbook on our site. There is a recipe in here that I went so wild over that I was ready to walk to Boston <laughs> to have this. And it is the sausage pita with cumin, orange, and olive oil. Oh, yeah, they're oh, folded wow. over, too. Folded oh, over man. and then cut in strips so that you can put it out oh. on a platter oh, wow. to give to people with pork and allspice and that marash pepper that Anna has been talking about, oregano and cumin and paprika, the zest of the orange feta cheese, butter, uh, her special dough, pepperoncini, green olives. Honestly, it's better than a pizza. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, And is this like a knockout sellout thing at your restaurant? Yeah, this is something we've had on the menu at Sofer since we've opened, and it's oh. um, it's a really popular item. And what's nice about it is it's rich, but it's not heavy. All of our stuffed flatbreads, you know, in a way they're like pizza, but they don't have a lot of that oily cheese in it. So mm-hmm. we use the feta, and also the spices in that mixture to me is a quintessential Greek combination. Yeah. You yeah. think of Greek food as being lemon and oregano, but actually they use a lot of cumin, but they balance it with something really bright like orange. Anna, because I was going to ask you, how would you do this for our gluten-free listeners? There are some really nice gluten-free flours available from Bob's Mill, Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. could try making the same flatbread with the gluten-free flour, and it may work. You may end up with something a little bit thicker with a different texture, but... Yeah, but I was thinking you could take the gluten-free bread and roll it with a rolling pin. Cut off the crust and just roll it with a rolling pin. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We love talking with you. Can we make a reservation now (laughs) while we have her on the phone? (laughs) Thank you for being on the show and doing what you do. 
guys are so much fun. I really appreciate you it. You are the best. This Thank is you so much. Anna Sortun, who has done this cookbook called So For Me's The Recipes We've Talked About Are On Our Website. Middle Eastern ingredients mixed with American ingredients to do things that are just knockout. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon. Weekdays, listen for my 60-second food schmoozes. You know our slogan, never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Thanks for listening to the podcast on your schedule. And when you need a little party in your life, we're here and online all the time at foodschmooze.org. And of course, also on Facebook at Faith Middleton Food Schmooze.